You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Why do we love gaming? Specifically, we're talking about video gaming, and today we're going to be talking about Pokemon, Shiny Pearl, Brilliant Diamond, and then Guardians of the Galaxy, the video game. It's going to be a fun time. This episode is going to be primarily for big geeks. We're not going to explain these games or anything about it. We're just going to assume you know what we're talking about. Um, hey, everybody. Welcome to Systematic Geekology. We are the priest to the geeks. And when I say that, you know, when I say priest, we're not calling ourselves ordained. We just mean that we're going to be the mediators between geek culture and Christianity today. Um, it's not a Trojan horse trap, anything like that. If you guys have been around, you know. We're just some geeky people who like to talk about geeky things. All right. Yeah. Uh, if you like what we do here, make sure you go support us on Patreon. Uh, there are a lot of cool rewards over there, uh, most of which I'm not involved with. But if you pay us like $50 a month, uh, we're going to start having D&D sessions uh, for Systematic Geekology. Awesome. So come check that but out. You could listen for less than that. That's just if you want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's but, a bunch of different tiers, stuff you can look into. Yeah, should be a good time. Yeah, it's right. definitely worth uh, just giving TJ all of your money all of the time. Not even with Systematic Ecology, just Cash App, and we'll drop it in the notes. It's true. I am Joshua. It's always Wall. true. <laughs> I am a fourth year biblical studies student at North Greenville University, and I just traded Pokemon with TJ on our switches online so that I could finally get my first Machamp. It's something I've been wanting since Pokemon red came out and black and white on the original game boy. So I'm pretty excited about that. All right. Uh, I am TJ Blackwell. I am uh, on systematic geekology as a host. Uh, that's, uh, you know, that's me really. <laughs> and, uh, I've gotten really into uh, star Wars, the old Republic recently, just cause I, you have a stable internet connection now and I can finally play MMORPGs. So it's a good time. Nice. Nice. Um, and I'm Dan Stoyer. I'm a home health physical therapist assistant, which just means I go into people's homes and we have exercise parties and get better and <laughs> get more mobile. And uh, for me, I've just been excited this past week um, because they released the Sonic the Hedgehog two trailer and then they release sonic frontiers so me as a big sonic fan i just don't know what to think i want to th i want to think positive but <laughs> with sonic you really never know until it comes out that's true man so I, I, a lot of good, I still job. need to see that first movie though i hear a lot of good stuff it's good it's cheesy it's dumb but it's it's great yeah. you know i uh i didn't watch that trailer but i saw the screenshots of knuckles uh you know, catching Sonic. Cool. So, yeah, I, this is just, just unpopular opinion. I thought the Ratchet and Clank video game movie was also really good, but I think I'm one of the few people who bothered to watch it. So I've actually, that might be why it's an unpopular opinion. I've never <laughs> even heard of it. Out? That's a great question. Like six years ago or something. I don't know. Man. I own it though. It's good. There you Old go. Stuff. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, it's time for today's subject. Uh, so, why did we need remakes for Pokemon Diamond and Pearl? I mean, I personally, ne that's actually, I stopped playing the Pokemon games right before Diamond and Pearl came out. Because I had it in my head that I was too old for Pokemon. 
And then once you got into college and you kind of you, you mature to a level where you're like, wait a minute, you don't get too old for stuff. You just like what you like. Then I started playing again, but I never went back and played Diamond and Pearl. So this remake was just a good opportunity for me to kind of fill in some of the gaps in my Pokemon history. So I'm enjoying it for that reason. Right. But I really think TJ is the person you should be asking that, TJ. Mm. Yeah. Well, TJ, why did we need a... <laughs> so Nintendo does this thing where uh, they just produce one run of their games. Uh, so the supply becomes limited pretty fast. And then, you know, if you wanted to pick up a copy of Pokemon Diamond and Pearl without breaking the law, you know, if you wanted to play the games, <laughs> you would have to spend about $90 to get the game just from a, a re- secondhand retailer. So I'm never going to complain when, you know, Nintendo releases new Pokemon remakes. And also Gen 4, Diamond and Pearl are just incredible Pokemon games that deserved to be remade. And, uh, you know, I like them. Most people like those generations. I'm really excited for the next one, though. Yeah. Didn't they didn't they remake like a lot of the ones before it too? Like they did a lot of remakes of fire I mean red yeah. and blue, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. Red and blue have two each. Uh, every generation has at least one now, up to four, because they're just doing them in order. So this was the first one that didn't that this was the last one to get a remake? Mm. They're doing them in order. So oh, one, okay. two, three, and four now have remakes. Okay. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah, and what what's interesting for me is having like played through uh, like gen one through three and seeing like a lot of the Pokemon that I was familiar with the kid. And then all of a sudden when I picked stuff back up, I feel like I missed this. I might've missed gen five too, but by the time I picked back up like black and white or something, That's it's like true. all different Pokemon all together. So having this where it's like a little bit of the old and a little bit of the new, I'm like, okay, this is making me feel a little bit more comfortable with what's going on in, in the Pokemon universe today. <laughs> Well, uh, Gen 5 was unique because it's the only generation that's done that uh, where in black and white, they were like, we have 118 new Pokemon. You're only going to be able to play with those 118 until you beat the Elite Four. And I loved that. But this episode is not about talking about Pokemon black and white. But I could definitely do that for an episode. See, I I feel like... It was just a shock for me because I was like, I don't I don't know any of these people. I don't know who to choose. I don't know who to catch. It just it, it bothered me. Oh, no, it's great game design. Oh, my goodness. So yeah, it's just it's just interesting with remakes because I know me, I like playing video games myself and we always like scream for originality. And when the original content comes out, it doesn't sell well. At least that's what the <laughs> statistics show. Like, I always love this statistic. I think Super Mario Brothers has like 25, 30 million copies sold. Like, it's a lot. And then Super Mario Galaxy came out. Like, you could go upside down on planets. You could fly in space. It was super cool. It sold 5 million copies. And then they said, oh, that was from a game from the 80s with Super Mario Brothers. So, obviously, it's going to sell more. But they released for the Wii Super Mario Brothers. And they released the 2D format. And that sold 25 million in about a year. (laughs) So people love their nostalgia. They sure. I know I do. But it's just amazing how people will hold on to that and have remakes from even 10 years from now of games that were remade already. So to me, that's just fascinating. People are just afraid of Super Mario Galaxy, but it is probably like it's top three Mario games. 
Oh, it's it's so easily. creative. I love it. But um, so, what do we like about the uh, Pokemon? You know, Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, Josh. Because I know you've been playing it. I don't know if you've been Fair. playing it, Dan. All right, said. <laughs> I like that it has some of the old with some of the new. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. Bridge of the gap for me. It's fun. It, I mean, it's the same as like most other Pokemons for me. I mean, you just you get to catch them, you get to train them, you raise these creatures up. And they have um. I don't know if this was in the previous generation or not, but where they have like um kind of like likability where you can do stuff that like better foster your relationship with your Pokemon. And that actually plays a part. I thought that's kind of cool. Yeah. So and obviously I love evolutions. That's always been my favorite part of Pokemon is just to watch them like evolve. And I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. Especially when I don't know what they're going to become, which I, I've run into a few of those with, with different Pokemon of this that I don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think, I see, I don't know any of their names. I'm really bad at this. Like all three of the starters I've never seen before. So watching them evolve, I'm like, this is awesome. Man. But uh, yeah, that's crazy. I know a dude with an Infernape tattoo. The fact that you've just never seen him before is crazy. But yeah. uh, is there anything you don't like about Shining Diamond or Shining Pearl? I mean, it's it still has that feel where it's a little easier than I remember Pokemon being back in the day. But I don't know if that was true of the original make of it or if that's just what they're doing with these remakes right so i you know i have a lot of thoughts about these games uh because i love diamond and pearl i probably played uh, several hundred hours uh on my original copy of diamond (laughs) uh but i really enjoy the remakes uh they did get easier uh because of the experience share you can't turn it off so every fight, all of your Pokemon are getting experience instead of just the ones that participated, which, you know, I they've been doing that so for a couple of generations. I've been trying but, so hard to figure out how to turn that off. Yeah. And uh, in Sword and Shield, you could turn it off, but not in these remakes. Uh, I love the Grand Underground, uh, the reimagining That's of cool. the underground tunnels from the originals. So what was it like uh, originally? Just tunnels. There were no big open areas. There were no overworld Pokemon. Uh, I I think they've done a good job at transferring that system from two screens to one. uh, Because previously it was, you know, if you played the games, you know what it was like. It's hard to explain. But uh, I kind of like the art style. I know a lot of people hate it. I think it looks good. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Actually, I read those complaints and I was like, you know. I, I I am Josh with the bad opinion, so I probably don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm but glad it's you a like cute it too. Game. That makes me feel better. Pokemon's supposed to be cute. Yeah. What's your favorite part of Pokemon, like in general? Battling. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Very fun. All right. Well, what do you know of any misconceptions with Pokemon? Because I, I don't. No. All right, then. So if you really were to 10, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shiny Pearl. Uh, I, I'd give them an eight. Hmm. You know. OK, I had to think for a while. This almost became my first 10 that I gave anything on during our podcast. I'm going to give it a nine simply because it's just slightly too easy for me. 
It's really the only problem I have. Otherwise, I could just play this forever. And I've gotten to a point where it's really hard for me to maintain my attention long enough to play a game. But man, this is fun. Pokemon's just so much fun. Yeah. I uh, If they had changed it to where you could battle from the beginning with your friends, but set your Pokemon's levels to 50, like you can in some other games, uh, I probably would have given it a 9. Oh, I might have given it a 10 for that too, because we would have been playing it all the time. The fact that you're 10 levels ahead of me makes it a lot harder. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Very sure easy does. battles. Not fun for me. But anyway, um, uh, so why did they make a Guardians of the Galaxy game not based off of the movies? I I find it really interesting. I, I think that Square Enix just originally had an idea and they were like, hey, let's just do this, which is usually when games are better other than when like a company's like, hey, we want this game to be made for our movie, so you better do it. Then it turns bad. Like when they're making it because they have to, the games are never good. But when they make it because they actually had an original idea and they're just pursuing that idea, that's when you get stuff like this that's just actually phenomenal. Um, I like that in the game, to me, it felt like everything was like somewhere in its own universe that's like in between the movies and comics. Where like if you watch the movies, you recognize some stuff. If you read the comics, you recognize some stuff. But none of it seemed like it was strictly following either of those worlds. Uh, Dan, what, what what did you think about that? <laughs> I totally agree with you because I remember playing games as a kid when it was based off the movie, and nine out of ten times they were just horrible. Hor- with the horrible. exception of. Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man 2. <laughs> I played Spider-Man 1 and I liked it as a kid, but now I look back at that and I'm like, oh. Yo, I Spider-Man like Spider-Man 2 is still good, though. Yeah. yeah. I like right? the first Spider-Man for exclusively one reason, though. On, was it PlayStation 2? You could play as Green Goblin. That was oh, it. That was the only that. reason. I was like, I just play as Green Goblin for hours. This is great. Just make the little Razor bats and watch them go get them. Oh. And as good as those games were, they weren't, they weren't even the best Spider-Man games at the time. That's true. Spider-Man's always had great games. Yeah. You know, most unranked Spider-Man game, probably Web of Shadows. I Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, it's also a good one. Yeah. But Web of Shadows, it was like the graphics were bad. Some of the dialogue was bad. But man, that gameplay was super on point. And the storyline was great, too. Yeah. But Very. this is about Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and, just, and, and just with <laughs> your point, just with your point about like taking like not following the movie. Oh. I mean, we already have a game that did that with Spider-Man for the PlayStation 4, and now it's its own universe. Oh, yeah. So just how you can build off of this now and create its own universe and still be good and phenomenal. I just love that they're going outside the box while still kind of staying in it with those characters. But oh, it's just it's a good time to be a video gamer right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know how much fun I had because they have like the skins and this game was very much like old school for like one player, third person, just adventure game, which was great. But like you find like the little collectibles and you'd get these skins. And if you change it, and you, like if you changed, I don't forget, I forget who all does it. But I know when I changed Drax to the movie skin, he was like, this reminds me of Quill said there was this movie of us. And, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> perfect. Love when games do that. It's great. <laughs> um, of course, just like the movies, the big thing is the music. Yeah, they, that was cool. I'm, I love that they incorporated that. Um, there's a lot of teamwork where you like involving your team and deciding what happens as far as like as you're playing as Quill, you're playing as the leader, but you're deciding when to 
you know, joke around with the guys, when to stand up for Rocket, which I always stand up for Rocket. I think it's animal cruelty not to. Um, there's several times in the game where Drax's like, let's just throw Rocket over there and let him do it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, we're, we're all going to go, buddy. We're all, but I could let him do it. I don't know what happens if I did, but, you know. Um, right. Now, what yeah. did you think, Joshua, of just, um, I've read in reviews that you only get to play as Star-Lord. You know, uh, how does how does was, that feel? Would you wish that you could play as all of them, or is that is that okay just playing as one? Yeah, yeah. See, I was, I was slightly skeptical of it till it came out, but it works so well. It it, it makes it where part of Star Lord's you know powers or abilities is being the team leader. You got to think it's not Star Lord of the MCU. He's not the same whiny, irresponsible kid that he is in the movies. Hate that character, but he's a little more mature. He's not you know, super mature or anything, but he's good at commanding the team being like, Hey, let's do this rallying people together in that aspect of all throughout the game. You're having to make decisions of the, as the leader and that impacting what happens in the game and how well you do. That made it a lot of fun for me. I just like, I like games that give you the ability where your choices matter. And it was interesting that they were able to do that without making it like, Super RPG. There's still like a single storyline, but your right. choice is still made an impact. So that was cool. Uh, is there anything about the game you didn't like? Hmm. No, I don't think there. <laughs> I don't think there's a single thing I did not like about this game. All right. It, so uh, if how we're going to rate it, wise, is it short, long? How's the length for you? I, I liked it. It was probably a little short for some people. I felt like it was pretty appropriate. It told the story it wanted to tell and it left it at that. And I was like, that's that's all I wanted you to do. Okay. Okay, I thought of one thing. I, I do wish there was more variety, but that's partially because it reminded me a lot of Ratchet and Clank, the old Ratchet and Clank games. So the fact that I only had one weapon, I was like, oh, come on, guys. I want to like go select mini nuke and literally nuke these guys. <laughs> but, you know, that's not what the game was. So it's not really a complaint. It's just kind of okay. be cool if they had that. Yeah. Unfortunately, Peter Quill did not have a mini nuke launcher in any of the Guardians comics that I've read. Yeah, they should get on that, though. <laughs> yeah. Could make the comics a lot shorter. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, but if I was to rate it zero to ten, I'm going to give that one a nine also. And that's just simply because. It wasn't to me, it didn't stand out as a game. It was fun. It was a lot of th like it's something that I could pick up anytime and just play, but it didn't stand out like I'm never going to be like, oh, yeah, that was one of my favorite games. It was just a lot of fun. Were there are there misconceptions about this game or is it too new? I, I think it's too new. The only if there were misconceptions, it would probably just be that people are think it's the Guardians from the movie because that's just the only Guardians people know right now. Yeah, but. Yeah. Meh. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, if you like that, if you like what we talk about, uh, head over to Facebook, join our Facebook group. Uh, it is great. I've heard. I don't use Facebook, but uh, <laughs> it's great for you guys. A lot of our hosts are active on it, uh, and it helps us so much when you share an episode, even if it's just to our own group. Uh, so it would mean a lot to us if you would do that for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we talked about two very different games, but I do have to ask. I mean, 
just thinking about the theological and philosophical themes in general, what are what are some themes that stick out to you guys just about gaming? This is like our first real just gaming episode. So what are some problems that arise with gaming in our world? Oof. Toxicity. Hmm. Elaborate. No. Okay. Dan. <laughs> um, for me it's just uh misconceptions, I would say, are not getting to know thoroughly about someone that plays games. I mean, for instance, if someone I know people that if you would tell them oh, I play Call of Duty or whatever. They'd automatically think that you want to go out with a gun and start shooting people. So for me, just there's a, lot of there's a lot of misconceptions about Christians as well, where if you just tell someone I'm a Christian, then they have all these misconceptions and they already judge you from the get-go. So for me, there's just a lot of walls to break down. And it's just great talking about gaming because normally when I talk about gaming, I get called a nerd, geek, obviously, but then I get a little weirdo thing. I'm like, Dan, you're 32. Why are you still playing games? And I'm like, it's fun. Yeah. And games are like increasingly being made more and more for adults, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So getting, getting into like the misconception stuff too is like how many people blame, you know, violence and shootings and all this different stuff in the world on video games or you know, people think that you're antisocial and it's because all you do is play games. When honestly, from my experience, most of the time people who play games aren't antisocial because they play games. They play games because they're antisocial. Yeah. So <laughs> like, I just prefer these people. That, that's really changing a lot these days, too, um, because most people have Discord or some other way to talk to their friends who they play games with and they can play games with them online. Or just play games separately and hang out with each other virtually. Uh, it's all the time. People do it every single day. And it's just not as antisocial as it used to be. It's true. And in fact, a lot of my favorite games are like the social ones. I love playing Smash Bros. with a big group of people. Doing like a tourney or just having everybody on at once or, you know, whatever. I enjoy all that. Yeah, I love filling up my living room with people and playing them all one-on-one -on -one in Smash Bros. <laughs> because <laughs> he wins that's why he loves doing that <laughs> but like no i mean even games that I, I like pokemon growing up it used to be maybe if you were lucky your parents got you like the extra attachments and all the stuff so you could connect your game boy to someone else's game boy and y'all would stand one foot away from each other and connect and trade and now it's like yeah dj and i Neither of us are like particularly wealthy, had to buy anything extra really other than Nintendo subscription. And we're just like, yeah, we'll just trade Pokemon and battle real quick. And we're like two hours away. It's not yeah. a big deal now. Man, I still remember when I was excited to get a rumble pack for my N64 and a memory card. <laughs> yeah. You those should were, be, especially yeah, now. Those, were the case. <laughs> oh, those yeah. rumble packs got expensive. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So specifically with these games, I was thinking of like with, with Pokemon, I feel like evolution's a big thing. Like a lot of people, which we kind of touch on this in a different episode, like people do where Pokemon are like little monsters and it's demons or whatever. And I don't know. People have weird thoughts about Pokemon. I'm ignoring those people today. I think the evolution aspect of Pokemon is a lot more interesting because of how anti-evolution Christians are. Mm. Um, TJ... Do, does the Christian anti-evolution aspect, does that, should that apply to Pokemon? Should Christians who hate evolution be keeping their kids from Pokemon? No. One, 
what Pokemon do is not evolution. It's metamorphosis. Like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. There are like four different Pokemon who start as caterpillars and end up as some form of butterfly. And it's like Literally. each step's considered an evolution. Yeah. Uh, I, I did know a lot of people whose parents didn't let them play Pokemon because they knew they evolved and evolution is bad. But uh, Pokemon evolution is nothing like the real theory of evolution in the slightest. It's just yeah. these animals change. Just well, ideal life cool. animals change. Yeah. I don't even know yeah, why I, they called them evolutions. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I actually feel like it might be partially because this game is not made from people who primarily speak English. Hmm. And I feel like it might just be being more true to the word evolution than a lot of us are. Cause a lot of us just lump all these different theories and ideas together as like, this is evolution instead of like, no, like I, as a human, like just my spirit evolves throughout time as I have all these different experiences. Like evolution is just something that does happen. It's just once we get into this thing where we throw evolution together with the Big Bang Theory and with macro and micro evolution and with all these other things. And it's like, okay, guys, you got to be specific about what we're talking about. And Pokemon, when, you know, when my Pikachu becomes a Raichu and he's just a slightly bigger version of Pikachu with the same ability is like, that's not that is not the same thing as be like, yep, they're telling us to believe in the Big Bang Theory. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you guys. And. I'm going way back to the Harry Potter episode that I was a part of. And that was a fun (laughs) conversation because I grew up in the church that had pamphlets against Harry Potter. Well, my school had pamphlets against Pokemon. And I wish I would have kept one because (laughs) it's laughable. They go through each character and say how, oh, Professor Oak, he's terrible. And and Team Rocket, watch out for them. There's gay vibes with them. And I'm just sitting there like, what is is going (laughs) on? What is go what is going on? Like they bashed it so much. And I remember like in children's church growing up, like they would have people bring Pokemon cards up to the front of the stage and have them ripped in half, saying that it was a good thing. And saying yeah. that, oh, oh, you Jesus will be so happy for you now that you ripped your Pokemon cards. So some of those might have been worth money one day. Come on, guys. Uh they probably were, Maybe. quite honestly. Mm-hmm. But the fact that the culture went that far that they thinking that ripping up some cards was actually like bring them close that kid closer to christ so yeah that's um yeah that's crazy i don't have nice words for that <laughs> i don't either <laughs> that's just mass right, hysteria well. <laughs> oh man um so i did i do want to bring us back to a bible verse today and I'm, I'm getting more gaming in general with this um so ephesians 2 10 says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Um, and I'm coupling this with the idea of Imago Dei and like old school Genesis, thinking of like how we are made in the image of God. And part of that is that we are creative, like God is creative. And I feel like a lot of our draw to video games because we can experience these worlds that we just created. And it's something about the creativity in our minds that just love that. And... Yeah, that's where I'm at with that. Guys, what what do you guys think about as far as like, how do we inherit God's creativity? Well, I think there's a lot to be said, even about the way you play some games. Uh, Like probably the best example is Minecraft, uh, because Minecraft is where creativity shines. 
you can do so much and I can do so little, but some people can do so much <laughs> in Minecraft. It is genuinely amazing. It seems like a completely different game. Uh, there are people who can create computers in Minecraft with in-game components. And there are games where what you do is create computers. That's not what I'm talking about. If you've played, you're familiar with like redstone circuits. It's very simple circuit system. You're supposed to be able to use it to like build automatic doors and stuff. But there are entire computers in Minecraft now. Like uh, one dude created a magic deck, Magic the Gathering. That works as a Turing computer. Man. But man, wow. Minecraft is crazy. Yeah, the deck's pretty cool. <laughs> it plays. Uh, look it up. There's like a three-hour video on it. Oh, I will not be looking that up, DJ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's interesting. Uh, just for me, I like how, yeah, God made us creative, but also we can choose what to do with that creativity. And for me, it's the effort put into something. So... And just because something looks good doesn't mean a lot of effort was put behind it. Or the character that you use doesn't mean that the effort will be behind it. I think of Superman 64, like one of the worst video <laughs> games ever made, where you just fly through rings the whole game. And you can't I, even do that. I enjoyed well. that for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or when TJ brought up Minecraft, I mean, the game doesn't look good but there's a lot of creativity and things you can do in that game and for me that was a game like stardew valley where it's mm -hmm. just simply you go you build a farm you mine just very simple tasks yet you have so much fun and so much creativity that you can do in your farm build as well as what you can do in the village so and it just reminds us that god gives us the tools but it depends on us how we use them and there's we can go one of two ways with that obviously Oh yeah, I um, <laughs> and Smash Bros. Brawl specifically, where you can build right. your own levels. <laughs> I would make like these like elaborate traps, and the whole level would just be this long elaborate trap. I'd be like, "Come on, guys, let's all go go over to my place and play Smash Bros." <laughs> and like, what one was literally just like a falling block and then a spike, and that's it. That was the whole. We're all just fighting on this falling block and spike. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was great, but. It, that you know that that shows how great my creativity is not not great <laughs> i it's exclusively true. just want to trap people <laughs> it's <Yeah>. so true <laughs> um <laughs> but I, I do wonder and i'll throw this one at dan first since tj answered the last one first do you think that expressing this creativity that we have in god even in these just like silly fun ways do you think in some way that that is a type of worship I think or can it, be. <laughs> I think it can be. Of course, there's a fine line with video games because I know growing up as a kid, there'd be times where I'd be more focused on games and my relationship with God, especially as a teenager, where that would overcome and become an idol in a way. But I mean, it's a great way to socialize, like you said. Like it's great to get some group of friends. We'd play some video games, then talk about the Bible and pray a little bit. So it's it's definitely a way you can incorporate that into your Christian life. But there's definitely a fine line between it worshiping and giving glory to God and then bringing that glory upon yourself for definitely a video game. Definitely like Smash Brothers Brawl if you're on a roll and can't lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was for a very, I won't say very short time, but I was like global number one at Ratchet Clink up your arsenal for a while. That was pretty great. Whoa, look at this guy. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun time. <laughs> 
how long were you on, how long were you on top i i'd have to pull it up and see i think i can pull it up and just see that in history but it was a fun time oh. <laughs> i would have my family come over during like new years and stuff and we would do because it was up to four players so it'd be them three versus me and if they could kill me once then they won <laughs> it was a fun time nice yeah uh, yep. TJ, what about you? Do you think just expressing her creativity just by playing games in some way can be a type of worship? Yeah, I think so. Uh, there are a lot of games where you can just do specific things that could definitely count as or count as or be worshiping God. Uh, like Minecraft, you know, you build the Sistine Chapel. Pretty good <laughs> project. But uh, you're going to tell me playing Doom that going to hell and killing demons isn't worshiping God? Come on now. <laughs> oh man. That seems pretty holy to me. Yeah. Well, and then I'm going to take it a little, a little bit further, but I, I think as in most things, it depends on your intentions, right? Even if you're just playing Minecraft and you're just, because that's the easiest one we're talking about creativity. Yeah. Um, and you're just building, you know, a giant elephant. I don't know. I don't know what people build in Minecraft, building your house just on a nice, green hill i feel like if you're doing it and you're intentionally like reflecting on how amazing it is that god was able to create everything and how you're doing this with this house reflecting god and you're reflecting on your own god likeness if you're being intentional about it even if all you're doing is building a house i feel like it can still be worship in that way yeah i don't think it has to explicitly be you saying Dear Jesus, I built this house for you for it to be worship. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, now it's time to wrap up. So, uh, Josh, what do you what do you recommend right now? What are you into that you think the audience should get into? Um, you know, just to keep it video games, I, I'm going to actually say the Guardians of the Galaxy game, since neither of you two have played it. I want to tell our audience, if you guys haven't played it, it is seriously one of the most fun games I've played in a while. It borderline deserved the 10. I mean, it's not a spectacular, you know, huge story. It's not going to be end game, but the story is compelling. The playing's a lot of fun. It's a good time. Uh, Dan, what, what do you recommend for everyone right now? Um, For me, um, I've been a big Rocket League player for about three, four years Really, really fun game. Really simple game, but it's played in so many variety of ways. But recently, they just released an app called Rocket League Sideswipe for your phone. And yeah. for a phone app, it is pretty close to the actual game in a 2D format. So it's free. It's great. You get a bunch of free stuff once you log in. And it's a lot of fun. And you pretty much only have to wait 15, 30 seconds for a match. And the matches take about two minutes. So really fun, really easy, and right on your phone, Apple or Android. Nice. That is uh, that is a great recommendation. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out myself. There you actually. go. Uh, for me, I think everyone should. I don't. I can't really recommend playing Star Wars: The Old Republic. Uh, multi massively multiplayer online games are just are not for everyone. But you should play Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. They're <laughs> remaking it. Uh, you can get it on your phone. You can get the old one. It's like 
It's one of the best games I've ever played, and I'm spending $180 on the remaster. Does it just next cost year. that much? No. That's the, okay. the big collector's edition. Okay. Okay. Um, can T- TJ and I are going to collectively do an anti-recommendation also. Uh, please do not buy any new versions of Skyrim. Uh, the more you do that, the less likely the next Elder Scrolls game to come out will be. So please stop buying Skyrim. It's true. Please stop. Just play Elder Scrolls Online. I want to go to Hammerfell so badly. (laughs) I'm ready for them to make the one after Hammerfell because I want to play in the Black Marsh. That would be cool, too. All right. Next, uh, we'll be doing our Elder Scrolls episode next year uh, as soon as you guys stop buying Skyrim. Right. But Josh, where can people find you online? Uh, Yeah. Um. Again, Joshua Knoll. You can find me most places just by looking up my name or the whole church podcast. Uh, it's just a show TJ and I do where we talk about church unity and we interview people from all kinds of different denominations. Uh, I've had a Mormon family on, Catholic priests, uh, Orthodox priests, Pentecostal preachers, home church leaders. It's a great time. All right. Uh, what about you, Dan? Um, yeah, for me, um, you can check me out at www.finishlast.facebook.com uh, slash finish last podcast, as well as my Twitter um, at finish last pod. Um, I just run a show called finish last where we try to find ways to live like Jesus in the modern world, which has been an interesting journey this past year. So just diving into how Jesus would deal with certain situations or certain things that are going on in our world right now and it is quite a quite a time with a bunch of guests so if you have time check it out all right and if you want to check me out online like josh was said we do have a podcast called the whole church podcast wherever you're listening to this now uh, or you can follow me on instagram at manifinesse.destiny uh, that's m-a-n-i F-I-N-E-S-S-E dot D-E-S-T-I-N-Y And uh, that's pretty much it. I'm not a very social media person. I just lurk a lot. <laughs> so Go to our website in the description to let us know what you've been geeking out on and what we should be geeking out on. We'll probably cover it in an episode. We help contain multitudes. And uh, remember that we are a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.